Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Jomira podcast. My name is Robert Adams, and I am here with our usual Michael Kripe. Hello. And two famous guests. We'll start off with someone that you've probably heard of before, John. Bada bing, bada boom. That's and me, someone new. We'll have this new person introduce themselves today. And my name is Borat. It's nice to oh, meet you. No, 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 no. That, We're that, breaking up the classics. Yeah, that Caleb. <laughs> it's Caleb. Caleb. Say your name. <laughs> you say they literally didn't get an Caleb intro done. for you. All right. All you need right. to explain who you are. It's not a joke. <laughs> Good God, this is a train wreck. It's okay. What, what? That's our lives. I do nothing, and I work in a retail store. <laughs> hey! Hey, he watches a lot of anime. That's good. Hey, right, that me. That. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely going to cut so that's it. Caleb. It's not going to make it into the podcast at all. <laughs> yeah, so like John said, that's Caleb. Now we've... we've all, <laughs> Michael, do you want to say that's Caleb? So we've all taken a turn to introduce him. That's Aside Caleb. from Caleb introducing himself. It's going to become a No, that's Borat. Meme. Borat introduced yeah. himself and then left. But this is Caleb who will be joining us. That's Caleb. <laughs> so uh, how are you guys doing today? Um, I'm barely holding on to life. <laughs> what? He's been, dying. <laughs> he's been dying for two weeks now. <laughs> Literally, uh, he's been on the brink of his own existence for two weeks. I what? died two podcast episodes ago, and uh, we're just hanging on right now. Is it still the vaccine? No, absolutely not. How, why would just, you say that? Were you an anti-vaxxer? Uh, What's your problem? <laughs> I, I mean, I just feel really connected with Bill Gates right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Animal. I just I, I started hearing some voice in my head, and he was he was saying he's Bill Gates. I don't know. It happened right after the vaccine. It's got to be a coincidence. Yeah. Why, what? Why? Why? Okay, listen, listen. We're gonna have hey. this conversation right now. If if uh, no one's talking, you need to be start talking. All right, no dead air. I don't want dead air on this podcast. You hear me, John? I'm talking to you. Caleb, Borat, I'm talking to you. Robert, I'm talking to you. No more dead air. We're done. No more dead air. It's a natural thing. No more. It's a natural thing. I mean, we we could start over if you guys want. Oh, uh, sure. Three, two, one, go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jamiro Podcast. My name is Robert Adams. Today, I am joined here with Michael Kripe. Hi, everyone. John broke up. Dab me. And a new special guest who will now introduce himself. Ah, it's Caleb. Five episodes in and I'm already here. It's Caleb. This is you Caleb. You never thought you'd see him, but here he is. Front yep. and center. There really? he is. You know who he is. You love him. You get Well, you're going to love him. He's the guy. <laughs> All right. And so, yeah, w- welcome to the podcast. Uh, how is everybody doing today? John. Swell. Peachy. The like. Any other word that you could probably put and say good. That's me. <laughs> Synonyms for happiness. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And and yep. Keep yep. You John, you're doing swell and peachy, but is your peach swelling? Oh, you would know. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is where we officially go off the rails. Well, uh yeah, so <laughs> No. All right. Yeah. John, how take us. How away. are you, Robert? How are you? I am. I'm doing really well. I've had a, a nice full day to recharge uh, and not do a whole lot. So I've been uh, I've been spending a lot of time learning recently. So that's been fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots learning? of. Uh, are you Are you going to tell us about learning today? 
No, I'm I'm not. Okay, good, because I don't want to hear any of that crap. That's what I thought. I figured it'd be boring, so we're yeah. just going to move on. Who, uh, yeah, who wants to go? Who well, wants you're to go? you're technically to... up first. Oh, yeah. Joe, okay. Oh, me, my name. Joe. I thought Kayla was Joe for today. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll take a us away. Special. Far, far, off, far off world. I want to talk about anime and stuff in our childhood, ba- or like basically something things that were like super trendy in our like childhood uh be- we kind of all grew up around the same time you know <laughs> uh, but, wow so like yeah wow uh things like pokemon and digimon and beyblade and Yu-Gi-Oh. well are you gonna put up there like put that up there with like a phenomenon thing kind of like that well that's made in japan right yeah well spongebob yeah <laughs> i don't think so John, you're wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> what Caleb, I need you to about? assess where your joke is at right now, and I need you to, to decide whether or not it's worth but continuing. It's not gonna, worth it. Let's just move on. I was gonna ask which, like, which ones you guys were, and like, why, oh, and etc. Well, uh, you mentioned Beyblade, and that brought back so many memories because that was something I got really deep into for a little bit. I don't know if you guys remember like the whole fighting pits that they made for that oh, thing. Oh yeah. Oh of course. Yeah. And it like I actually got more into the quote unquote sport than the actual TV show. It was <laughs> it was cool. so much fun. There were like so many kids at school that had Beyblades and there was like an arena that we just like kept at the school. I don't know whose it was. And every now and then like people would just play. It was it was so much fun. Literally yeah. just spinning tops. That's all Why it is. Why didn't we have that in high school? <laughs> just like take there it should have been a Beyblade club. Yeah, in the cafeteria. All right, I am betting, oh I am betting my sandwich, and my roll on, you know, whatever, the freaking whoever's, di- like disc and stuff. So uh, yeah, we okay, had a ahead. we had a conversation a few podcasts ago about uh, what sport we would make everyone watch. <laughs> and I think yeah. I want to change my answer to Beyblade. <laughs> Let it rip, and it's like everything. Yeah, man, that'd be fit, awesome. <laughs> we can fit "Let It Rip" in the, the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I knew that intro to that show. That show hit me a lot too. I watched that pretty regularly. Like every every time it was on, it was like what I was watching most of the time. Um, hmm, if I had to really single out an anime that gripped me as a kid you know i have like some vague memories memories of like different anime that would play like an adult swim like when i had to go to bed you know mm-hmm. um but like i remember uh I'm, I'm gonna botch the name but it's something like bobo 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 bo. have you guys heard of this show yes nope. i yeah, have thank not. you robert okay thank you show's hilarious formed by childhood i watched that show a lot it's very funny Bo 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 bo. It's literally. Wait, was uh, was this through? Is it called Toonami? Is that what it was through Adult Swim? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hold on, we're gonna do some googling. Oh, I have seen this guy, the guy with the fro. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh! Like I don't remember specific stuff from it. I was actually talking about bo 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 bo. Yeah, that name. I was talking that about that with my coworker Brian the other day. Um, and it, it sparks a memory. I, I don't remember much of it, but I do remember oh, it was funny. That. I just remember the fro. I don't remember anything, like no plot, nothing, just the fro. 
looks like Johnny Dare with an afro. Johnny it was, was 100% a comedy. I'm looking at some pictures right now, and it is uh, it's my jam. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, well, I freaking give her a shot. You know, there's like those shows that you they have such an impact on your childhood, and you want to go back and watch them. That was like Codenames Kid Next Door for me. And oh yeah, I oh, tried man. rewatching it. It's unwatchable, guys. Like, oh no, <laughs> don't say that, Robert. <laughs> stop. What in the world? No, that's, I, hate, that's I know. I'm sorry. You're lying. No, I just, no. I've watched it recently. You're just I, wrong. I, I no, think Teen Titans is one that like stayed pretty good. It's like consistent. Well, we're not talking about Teen Titan, like you know, Teen Titans Go. We're talking about Teen Titans, like the original. Oh, the original is great. Oh yeah, I think that one is still. I I freaking am trying to find that like on a physical copy, like buy it. You know. I think also I mean, like, the sorry. colors were really good on that. Like yeah, it, it, it was just like artistically well designed. It was also like hit like really dark points. And yeah, stuff like that. It um, wasn't all just like sappy, happy stuff. Yeah. Before we get away from Teen Titans, I need to make it clear that Teen Titans Go is not a bad show. Is it really? It's, it's got it's adult really humor. Really not. I, 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 <laughs> you, you guys, after this, this is your this is your literature for the week. Go watch <laughs> Teen Titans Go the mo- Go to the movies. I'm I'm being completely serious. It's a great movie. All right. Go to the movie. Like on a bo, level. Bo, 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 and Teen Titans go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it but... like the Lego Movie type of thing where it's like made for children and adults? Yes. Okay. Yes. I can get down with that. I, the Lego Movie is infinitely better, but it's still a really great movie. Teen Titans go to the movies, is I mean. But you didn't like like Yu Gi Oh or anything like that. Oh, of course. I just I was trying to think of like the ones that are like explicitly What's anime. It? Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, you didn't you didn't have to like go that deep, but I was just right. like these things that were like huge phenomenons is kind of what I was talking about. I mean, like I watched like a little bit of Naruto and Dragon Ball, you know, like it yeah. was like, whoa, this is like really intense compared to the cartoons I normally watched, but Yu-Gi-Oh was definitely very formative for me in my childhood. I remember going to see the Yu-Gi-Oh movie in movie theaters uh, and getting Yeah, it. the card baby. Bad. <laughs> and it was uh, magical. It was really yeah. magical. Well, see, you... I felt the same way about Digimon too. Like that's the crazy thing is I felt like I, I connected to like all these in a way. And then it was just like I don't know which one like Pokemon is the one that's probably stayed with me the longest. Oh yeah. But I feel like Digimon like I feel like they grew up with their audience. Like they have newer stuff out that's like more adult, which is like cool. And then Yu Gi Oh is still going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Digimon movie? The first yes. one. Assuming there's second and third. Is it the one, one where they go into like cyberspace? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> that, I've seen that movie twenty times and I could watch it again as, as an adult. It's I haven't so seen that, but I get oh what, my is god. it just Digimon the oh, movie? John. Uh, John, or, uh, you gotta like watch it. More Googling is taking place. I can't tell Digimon you how good movie. that movie is. Wait, real yeah, quick I mean, before we get away from Yu-Gi-Oh, did you guys ever go to Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments? No. Yeah, like once I feel like they I were played like, it a lot with my friends for sure. They were always in like game stores on Saturdays, I think. They take yeah, like, that stuff seriously. Oh, I just, want, I just wanted to go to you. I had three I opening I had, my I first pack and getting a leg. Yeah, I remember getting a leg and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we're was, looking at Digimon right now. The power power <laughs> surging, surging through me. I think. Digimon was a lot. I mean, it was very similar to Yu-Gi-Oh, but I think there was a lot more emphasis on the characters in the show, if I, like, and like making them like cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like 
Yu-Gi-Oh was like, look at all these special magical monsters and all the seriousness. And yeah. I think I was more relatable to Digimon as a child. Yeah. Um, well, if the monster, the monsters themselves had personalities, whereas like in Yu-Gi-Oh, it's just kind of like they listen yeah. to whoever has the, like you know, it's just like there's not really a a dialogue between them. It's but then like with Digimon, it was just like oh, Agumon's telling freaking Ty out here how he feels and. <laughs> Yeah. I'm literally holding a Digimon card in my <laughs> hand right now. It's the Ultra Ultra Digivolve card. It freaking looks sick. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite cards I've ever owned. I'm surprised I still have it, but Digimon oh. to me, as much as I enjoyed it, always felt like it was just sort of capitalizing off of the popularity of Pokemon, you know? Mm. So yeah. it, it always felt like a I don't know, like a secondhand version of that to me, but like it was so much of its own thing that I feel like it doesn't get the credit it deserves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, well, I think also like the the Pokemon movies really threshed out like uh, so much plot and character development, and like people built you know relationships with everything. Like Pokemon Forever, I cried. Oh my god, it was, it was golden. Pokemon, I don't know if you guys Which remember one is this. That? I, I want to say it's with like, Celebi. Oh, yeah. okay, oh yeah. God, Sorry, I, can we talk about the first movie, like Pokemon the movie first? Yeah, when the world <laughs> will turn to ash. You want to make oh, us cry? Oh gosh! And then you have the one with Lugia. Oh wait, that's okay. Yeah, I mixed them up. Um, oh yeah, no, yeah. The first one is Mewtwo, and he's just like, "What is existence?" Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, you're like, as a child, you're like. What? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, so, and then the second one with Lugia. Did you guys watch uh, Detective Pikachu? I did. Yeah, that's a negative. Oh come on, John! What are you I thought doing? it was well made. <laughs> I watched. It's not bad. Anime. Yeah, it's like um, I really thought it was gonna be like really corny and and just stupid, but <laughs> like it, it, it was it was not bad. Yeah, I and I mean, Mewtwo's in it. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> two-year-old movie. None. Yeah, great movie. Pokemon, timeless. I don't think Pokemon will ever die. Um, Wait, what Pokemon game did you guys stop at? Because everyone stops eventually. Stop? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> really? The wrong people. <laughs> You're still I, playing. I I stopped at Diamond and Pearl. That's like, where I stopped kinda. too. Yeah, you well, because the then they started getting into the ones that, like, the starters didn't yeah, even really right. get me mm-hmm. necessarily. Like, I was like, the starters aren't even all that cool. But I also ended up putting my money towards other things. But now, like, if somebody gives me a Pokemon game, I'd for sure play it. <laughs> like, it just, you know, money towards those things. Yeah. Caleb's probably spent quite okay. a bit on Pokemon. So here's my ridiculousness. I bought Michael a copy of Sword and Shield so that somebody would play with me. Uh, I'm a ridiculous person. I spend money like an idiot. I bought Pokemon Sword and Shield so I could get my shiny charm and start shiny hunting. And then I immediately quit. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was like in Diamond and Pearl, they introduced Arceus, which is like the Pokemon god. So I was just like, okay. You know, that's in game. Where, where do we yeah. go now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you guys really dug yourselves into a hole here. I'm just like, but wait, we got things that are swords and shields and moons 
and yeah. sons and blacks and whites. It's like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> all, or X and Ys. X and Ys. All, yeah, all the, it's just like, what does that even mean? Like, what is, I, I mean, honestly, maybe I should research it more before I talk about it because I don't really know the whole story. Like, what's the plot I at mean, that point? You got to so catch like, them all? It doesn't matter. The, it, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter that much, but I got to say, like, I played through Black 2 only a couple years ago. Really good game. That's the thing is uh, Black 2 and White 2, they're like cult classics for Pokemon. They're what people wanted the game to be. Really good. <laughs> yeah. So like, are those it, like remakes of the first? Like, So uh, like the first? No, no. sequels. <laughs> to, to Black 1 and Black White 2? I mean, is White that not one, confusing yeah. for you? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it makes sense. I was just like, why? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no, 100%. No, um, why comes later. No, I know. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I should have seen it coming. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. We peaked. And then that John oh, dies. This okay, episode. but seriously, when is Team Rocket going to be labeled a terrorist organization? <laughs> like, because of like all the things that they've done. There's so much kidnapping and. But like, they've they've also helped. Have they? Well, occasionally. If, if, if I put Team Rocket as a terrorist organization in the headline, the title of this episode, will we get flagged? Well, I don't know. Joey Almost was stopped certainly. by TSA, so <laughs> that's true. Joey did get stopped by TSA. That's why Joey's not on this cast right now. For everybody's oh, no. listening, he's getting checked <laughs> right now as we speak. Anyway, so I started with Emerald, <laughs> and I actually fell off after Diamond and Pearl. I you started with Emerald. Uh, I did. Whoa! It was Whoa. one of those things where I, I, I just wanted for the longest time uh, a Pokemon game. I had a Game Boy, and I never got into it until Emerald, and it changed my life. I mean, we were actually like three years old when the original games come out. So Generation 3 is where I started as well. But I went back and played everything. Oh, yeah. I, I started yeah. with freaking... Okay. Well... Sure... Whoa. Hey there, Joe Miro listeners. Michael here. If you heard that audio cue, it means that Caleb's phone alarm went off and he, in a frantic, clumsy, seemingly drunken scramble to turn it off, unplugged my microphone and shut down the entire recording session. So here I am fixing his mistake about a week later to ensure this podcast runs as seamless as usual. When you hear that audio cue again, we'll get you right back to your regularly scheduled programming. Sorry, folks. Know your place. All right? <laughs> <laughs> know your place. We're back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The original. If you, oh my, I can't believe you guys didn't start on the originals. Anyway, I started on the original. Yeah, version, I'm sorry I wasn't that's, born earlier. What? Yeah, you know, you know, it's fine. I mean, I was thinking about this for this, like the hot second that I had to think about. It. I was like, you know. I have a brother that's two years older than me, and he actually had it, and I just freaking ran away with his Game Boy Color for a little bit and like played on it. So that's probably why I started with that. And then I think Gold was the other one, like one of my first. I remember playing Gold at my oldest brother's college graduation, and I was versing. I was in a gym battle that whole time. I was sweating as a kid. <laughs> I was like, up against, I think, the third or fourth gym leader, the one that has ghost type. They got a Gengar. I, anyway, I kept going against this freaking Gengar. I kept, yeah, I and my, my, my Game Boy was losing power and stuff like so quick. I was so stressed out. I was like, I have to beat it before a certain time before my Game Boy dies. And I, I did it by the end. And then I think we were walking out, and I was like, I never saved it after I beat it. <laughs> and then I was traumatized. <laughs> so guess what I did on the drive home, baby? <laughs> the same thing. 
Oh I, don't, I feel like we all have or everyone has some horrific experience where they played an rpg and that requires them to save like there's no auto save and you lose like hours and hours of progress. Yeah. it was pokemon and skyrim for me oh, uh, yeah. oh not skyrim dude my oh. brain short-circuited one time when i was playing pokemon i like i was in the car after a long trip for like a baseball game and i was i think i was playing pokemon gold as well and i was at whatever the elite four was called, like what are the final battles oh, in yeah. that version were called. And I had just beaten the final boss by like just barely. And I tried like four times before and I got so excited. I just turned my game boy off and I was like, wait, what? Why did I do that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you did. No. Your brain short circuited. I, I just like, I just looked out the window and my parents were like, Robert, are you okay? <laughs> I just like, <laughs> Yeah, and then it's got like sad music ensues, and it's just like, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." And I couldn't it immediately bring starts to like raining. It. Yeah, it starts like... raining outside, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I did at one point is I was going back to delete save files in a game called Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. I have been addicted to this series since I was a child, and I accidentally, instead of deleting the one I wanted, deleted 45 hours of progress right before the final oh, boss of that game. Oh, and right next to my dad, I just looked out the window of his truck and screamed. F, 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 F. And he's like, what's wrong? I said, I just saved over my game progress. And he's like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love that your dad's even like, freaking loser. Yeah, yeah. My dad's favorite uh, phrase is, Jesus Christ, Caleb, what is wrong? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Caleb! What is wrong with you? Yeah, we need to put that when uh, uh, Caleb accidentally unplugged the microphone. That's the title of this podcast, right now. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, Caleb! Uh, quick question: Will you still pay me a hundred dollars to play Final Fantasy X? Oh, man, Robert, does the offer stand? Stream, you got to stream the entire thing. You got to beat the bosses at the end of it, and you got to beat the post game, and I'll pay you a hundred dollars. How many hours is that? We got to, like, what's that? What's that? Yeah, what's the hour? I put about so, 120 hours into doing that one time. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what? That's, that's that's a dollar an hour. You don't like that? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you don't like that? But, I mean, theoretically, you could beat the main story if you don't, like, stay and grind on everything like I do. Because I love the game in 20 to 25 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I say two hundred, two hundred, and I do, do it. Enjoying the game. What's wrong with that? <laughs> oh my god! You guys do not understand how good these games are, and I, I legitimately hate you for it. Just a little. Uh, that's so okay. Good. You can well, hate me. All right. Else we want to talk about this with Pokemon. Done talking about Pokemon. Oh, I got a deal. I got a deal for no. Robert. All right, you play the game, and I'll pay you to play the game. If I'm ever in Indiana or you're ever down here, you can wax my mustache on stream and I'll keep the beard. Uh, I I don't you're you're making an assumption here that I take pleasure in your pain and I don't. So like he takes pleasure in his own pain, he's a masochist. That's true. <laughs> uh but also maybe. I don't know. All right. Something else I had thought about that I had maybe or may not have talked about with Robert for a half a sec was Tamagotchis. But th this is kind of like the, hey, there's this physical, like, so all these animes had, like, the, the physical things backing them. So you had the cards for Pokemon. You have all the 
plushes and all you know all the physical things that you can buy and then Yu-Gi-Oh had all the cards and things you could even buy the freaking do what is, what was it called the thing that hooked on your wrist uh where you lay down talking the, about yeah you lay down the it. cards and it like literally like will move and shift and stuff like it does in the series and yeah that's kind of why i wanted to talk about this stuff i was like i wonder like i know michael and i have literally gone to walmart together and <laughs> bought you your cards as adults and had a gr- grand time that's slander <laughs> don't say that you know you liked it and it was a good time stop um <laughs> Wing Dragon of Raw is like not as cool as Slifer, but they're still oh. both cool. Objectively. Wait, how many generations did you guys get your Tamagotchis to? What's the furthest oh, you got? Geez. I think mine was four. I, I don't think did not play it that, that much, to tell you the truth. I was really I bad at the uh I was really bad at the uh I gotta keep these guys alive <laughs> type type games. Sims probably don't talk to me about. I there's no way I could ever keep them alive because I was like I also like being outside, but I don't know. For some reason, Pokemon really just stuck. So <sighs> glad you don't have any pets right now, John. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a difference if it's actually really there physically. It's like a little thing I can clip on my belt loop and my backpack, my Hulk backpack. <laughs> I think. We have exhausted this topic to death <laughs> if we're talking about Tamagotchi. Michael, what would you like to talk about today? <laughs> there we go. There's the ching ding. Um, you know, I thought for about ten seconds about what I'd like to talk about. About 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 about. Perfect. Um and I came to the conclusion I'm gonna talk about something that not all of us can relate directly to. I'm sorry, Robert. Caleb. I wanna talk about The Last of Us. Oh. <laughs> just me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what about it? I I, I want to talk about why it's a freaking cultural phenomenon. I know that none of you have played part two. We won't talk about part two. We'll just talk about part one. Caleb played part one. And John I paid for part two. And then I didn't play it. And then John has also played part one. Now, Robert, I actually want to start with you. What do you oh. know about The Last of Us? As someone who has never played the game, but I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, let's see. I have seen clips and I know that it's about, or at least I know that it involves zombies or at least what I think are probably zombies. They could be called something else. I don't know. I really don't know too much about the game, except that there's like a main guy and there is a young girl. And I think she is immune to the, the zombie thing. And so... If I remember correctly, the whole point is like they're trying to create some sort of vaccine or I, I just know that maybe she's part of the solution. Um, but then I know that there's like a bunch of moral conflict um, and the ending was spoiled for me, but I don't really remember <laughs> all of it. So it wasn't that, spoiled for you. It never happened. Oh, well, I that's about all I remember. I guess it's like also. I guess it looks like it's in the future, and there's a lot of overgrown stuff, and it follows a lot of the trope of like maybe zombies aren't the only bad guys. Um, am I right or am I wrong? 
I don't know how, but you, if as someone who's never played it, you nailed it. Uh, I was about. I think to you're say doing you fine. Like, like, yeah. like right down to the whole. Uh, well, I think they're zombies, but I don't want to say they're zombies. They just look like zombies because they're not technically zombies. So that's as someone who's never played it, that's that's about as hard as you can nail it. So for me, my time with The Last of Us started in 2013 when it was bought for me against my will. Oh, uh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> High school and... John was a different breed. For, <laughs> for anybody out there, he was a different man. The one, we... that, the one that you see before you does not resemble the one that was there. I think we Long can all ago. say that about ourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah without a doubt. Except for me, but go on. Yeah, Give yourself more credit. <laughs> Fine. Um, okay, continue. But we went to Walmart, I think it was, and I remember John was like, I'm going to I'm gonna buy this for you. And I was like, wow, wow that's, that's so nice of you. Oh, this. You, you really don't have to do that. And... Um, then we made our way to the front to check out. And as, as we were standing in line, he goes, you'll pay me back for this, right? <laughs> apparently, young John must have had a loan shark that he had to pay back at the end of the week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think to – I don't think it was Walmart, by the way. It was definitely like whatever's there now. Is the it Hastings? Yeah, yep, 100% was Hastings. Oh, maybe it was. But anyway, doesn't make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually, it being at Hastings, I forgive you. It never happened. <laughs> it's a fake place. It never existed. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and I was like, sure, man, <laughs> I guess. Because um, I was kind of like lukewarm on the on the on what I had seen in the game so far. So I wasn't too crazy excited to get it. I loved Uncharted, uh, the the previous games from that same developer and I, I took it home and I played it and it's still one of my favorite games to play. I think it's just so desitely time time. Whoa. Desitely. Are you okay? Here, I'm having an aneurysm live on this stream right now. Can you move both sides of your face? You okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. It is so tightly designed. There you go. Desitely timed. You do, you're, you're doing good. You're doing great, kid. <laughs> Be going places. This Keep is the going. Podcast. Welcome to our fifth, seventh episode. Um, and uh, it—it's not just about everyone talks about the story and the characters and everything like that. But I think just the pacing of it all is just so immaculate. Um, it feels like I can walk someone through that game, uh, beat by beat, line by line, um, because its pacing is just so strong. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's really just a, a a really a triumph, I think, and I think it pushed video games in a much different direction. I know some people are maybe more tied to gameplay, but I think it's safe to say that big blockbuster games um, definitely tend to strive for uh, narrative-driven adventures now, and I think The Last of Us is part of that. Um, Caleb, what is your experience with The Last of Us? I don't actually remember if I played it before or after you. After me. You played it after, after you. me. Okay. I got a hold of that game, and I had never been gripped by a third-person shooter. Third like, yeah, yeah, it's a third-person yeah. shooter. It's a survival horror. Third -person survival horror. I usually stick to JRPGs, single-player games, not games like that. I've never been gripped by a game like that before. And honestly, since... I would have to say. Um, he won't play part two, though. 
I won't. You saw the reviews on Metacritic. I can't do it. Oh, yeah. That's oh, this guy. But it's still one of the best games I've ever played. It's honestly kind of annoying to hear about a remake already. There we go. That's what I wanted to talk about, too. They're remaking uh, The Last of Us. This game came out in 2013. Reportedly. The report. Oh, my goodness. It came out in 2013, and it had graphics from four to five years in the future. Yeah, and they remastered it, too. It's like, they already did the, like, the remaster on exactly. it for... God. So they're gonna wait. Re, they're gonna remake it the exact way they had it, or they're gonna oh, like almost make. Well, so the the rumor is that Naughty Dog is handling the remake. So the developer that handled it the first time around. Um. So if anyone is going to be changing things about it, it's gonna be them. Like I don't know mm. if maybe they'll insert some nods to the second game or something like that. Like a sort of almost like a uh, man foreboding like a thing like that. But like so much with that. Yeah, um, I think what the, the reasoning behind it is is because HBO has a Last of Us television show they're working on right now. Mm, what? Yeah, Advertising. oh yeah. Um, Pedro Pascal will play Joel. Uh, <laughs> Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones is going to play Ellie. Um, Ellie. 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 <laughs> um, and walking uh, on somebody. Gabriel Luna, um, who was in Terminator, Dark Fate, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to play Tommy. Um, I think those are the major castings. Um, But the dude who uh, created Chernobyl, HBO television series, is working on this show, along with Neil Druckmann, the original director of the first game. Um, And... This is what I'm talking about. This this game came out in 2013, and now it's just a thing. It's so much a thing that it's only been uh, eight years, and they're already remaking it for PlayStation 5. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that any other game in the past has been remade that quick that I'm aware of. Like, that's, that's a pretty thing. quick turnaround. Wait, I don't you... even know. I know games that have been, like, remade i know like remastering but like yeah, remade that i i don't know maybe you guys know of games that i just am not familiar with or maybe i know of but just can't remember so the most popular remake recently is uh final fantasy 7 <laughs> ah, there it is me, did you say final fantasy tip hat to caleb yeah exactly um it's fantastic remake by the way but i the original final fantasy 7 came out in like 1997 that feels reasonable yeah oh yeah it's i mean we're looking at side by sides of those games is ridiculous it's not the same game literally like it's it's a completely different game they change a lot of things they take a lot of liberties with it but i think the overall package is really great is that what makes the difference between remaking and remastering is like the content it can not necessarily remastering is usually visual upgrades plus a few things you couldn't do before like lots of pc remasters of since i'm obsessed with them final fantasy games will have uh mods that you can put into it there will be a button Hmm. where you can speed up the game so that you don't have to waste your time grinding stuff like that Hmm. so when they remastered um Let's say Marvel Spider-Man is a is a recent one. They remastered Marvel Spider-Man, which came out on PlayStation Four in 2017, um, and they launched it on PlayStation Five alongside Miles Morales. Um, and that remaster, 
um, is just the same game. It's essentially a port. They just brought the game from PlayStation 4 and made it look a lot prettier and run a lot better on PlayStation 5, and they added some cool visual features like ray tracing that made reflections look really cool and things like that. Um, But it's also an opportunity uh, for them not just to get more people interested in the game so they they can play Miles Morales because it's essentially a sequel. Um, It's also an opportunity for them to pack in DLC so people who didn't play DLC the first time around can pick up the remaster and then they get the DLC bundled in with essentially no extra cost. Essentially, 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 essentially. I'll keep saying it until I die. Um, And so, but like a remake the idea behind that is more it's built from the ground up. They didn't have any of those assets that they could just bring over. Um, And I'm sure that they will with the last of us, there might be some things, but for the most part, if this remake is real, it's going to be made from the ground up for PlayStation five. It'll look pretty drastically different. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, they mocapped the original thing, right? Like yeah. that was on mocap. Are they gonna do that again? Like, are, I assume probably because that's what Neil Druckmann's freaking yeah, Lord, <laughs> I, what Lord what, director what, mocap. That's jer- jargon. What's mocap? Motion, Motion capture. capture. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah I that, don't. Know. That's jargon. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, it, it totally is jargon. It's funny that you were just so accused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like that's jargon. I feel like I was shot. <laughs> My objections. Um, but I honestly yeah. don't know. I, I I don't. I'm not privy to how the the technical the technical aspect of these game uh, of game making really works with something like that. Like, is that something they can bring over the data behind that that they captured? Um, or yeah, I I don't know. Um, so uh, it's just crazy yeah. to me that it's it's only been eight years, but. It's like let's do it again. Let's do does it again. That, does that mean that they could in in the future remake the freaking part two, which just came, <laughs> just came out? Like that's, that's another thing they said um, in the report. I I believe the intention is to get it closer to the visuals of part two. Um, so I could almost see them time? doing a bundle. Uh, whenever this comes Oof. out, let's say it's twenty twenty three. Um, and it's like the last of us full story or something like that and it comes with the remake of the last of us and a remastered version of part two and you get the full experience and the show just started coming out or something like that mm, gotcha so it's all just marketing yeah that's I what mean, it kind of sounds yeah, like it basically is and I, mean, I get that and it makes me super happy that a lot of people are gonna get to experience the last of us for the first time on playstation 5 made by the people who originally made it um but I yeah. wish those resources went somewhere else. You know what I mean? I want new IPs. There we naughty go. Dog. New IP. If you hear me. Did you say Naughty Dog? Yeah, yeah. Jack and Daxter. Come on, man. <laughs> I want new IPs. Just kidding. I Jack don't want Daxter I do five. not want, Yeah, exactly. That, what yeah. is an IP? Okay, that's not, I mean, it, it's, it's, Robert, what do you want me to say? Intellectual property. Oh, I didn't okay. know what it was either. I just. I knew what it was, but not the definition. Yeah, it's like uh, The Last of Us when it came out was an original IP. No, nothing had ever existed of The Last of Us that. before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. its own thing. Yeah. I just want new stories. I've argued, I've talked about this so many Oh, no, I'm, I'm with life. you, man. I, I feel like that's kind of what we see with a lot of stuff right now. It, something is a really cool original idea. They make a few sequels of it. 
it's beat it moderately it's or intensively successful. And then, yeah, they just beat it to death until literally like, the last fan gives up on it. The horse of Star Wars has been beaten uh. over and over <laughs> and over and over. Yeah, but like, what if what if we made a new Star Wars character? Let's we can let's beat just him change. <laughs> let's change how many lightsabers they have and what shape they are. I think that is the elements that we like to tell a good story. I think that's what we need. I think we need a little and a different helmet. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? A little green alien. Yeah, he's gonna be everywhere. We're gonna call him Baby Yoda, but don't actually call him Baby Yoda. Get mad at people calling him Baby Yoda because that's not his real name. <laughs> the child. <laughs> oh man, let's please not talk about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. That's Those actually that uh, don't my know, next topic. That is Robert is over Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Enough said. There it is. Robert, when is your topic going to be Star Wars? <laughs> when Rector Robert when comes to the stage. I can't do it. I mean, I could, but I think that it it would just it would drain me. I think that too much of my, too much of my soul would be lost. Yeah. My soul. Caleb, you were going to say something. No. So, Robert, you hit on a topic that I was I've got a lot to say about, but I mean, I I won't go crazy. But the fact that people are actually so used to getting sequels on sequels on sequels now and they want things to be remade and you're seeing less and less new IPs uh, in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But especially video games and some series we on are, Netflix. We are literally on the cusp of Final Fantasy 16 and I know that that's a unique situation <laughs> because they tell different stories in those games but like good great god no what, yeah you know what i'm talking about call it something else how can it be the final <laughs> fantasy if it's the 16th time yeah. <laughs> well no now that they've remade seven everybody wants the sequel as quick as possible instead of wanting the sequel to be a good game everybody yeah. wants them to remake final fantasy yeah. eight nine ten next when you're right just make a new good game for god's sake and you can give them a big cool sword just like you did in the <laughs> other games. And just... you're seeing this all over video games, but uh, there was yeah. it was a Korean drama. But there's a series I watched on Netflix called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. It's really, really, really I've, good. I've heard of it. Yeah. And what really pissed me off when I, I was just reading reviews after the fact and all these people clamoring about where is season two when this is a show that is so well done and ended in a single season. Uh huh. Why are you calling for more? Like, yeah. Why can't we just let things be good enough? It's money. Uh -huh. I understand, but still. Yeah. Um. Have you? Is that so? Like, do you know if the writers were like, we wanted to finish on season one, or if they were like, we only intended to do season one? Uh, the way it ended, the it seems the main clear. villain was taken care of. Um. The two people that were stuck in their lives moved forward. Mm -hmm. The ending was perfect, and everyone had like, closure. Well, season two. There's this yeah, one little closure. puzzle here that we mm -hmm. haven't resolved. Let it go. Yeah, you see that a lot. That's a yeah. that's a very common thing. Hundred yeah. percent, especially with TV shows. It's just like, all right, well, it did well, so where's our next season? I'm but then it just happy. gets killed. Yeah, it just gets beaten to death again. Versus like, hey, I put out this really cool thing. I have another idea. Do you want to invest in that idea? <laughs> I, yeah. People would rather just keep putting out the same thing that like they know makes money. It's yep. like I get it. Like I I like I like those characters and everything, but it's like. I'm personally happy we got a part two mainly because um, the people who 
created the first game said that they were interested in doing a second part and with that second part there was <laughs> you want to say there's it's like it's like an anti-fan service game it, it it does not want fans to be happy almost almost to a fault um but and i love that i love that they were able to do something like that on the grandest scale with a massive budget and it looks beautiful and all these things um but uh an example of something i'm really happy to say did not get a season two and i don't think it will get a season two and i don't think you guys have watched this is um hbo's watchmen show oh um heard it is it is absolutely fantastic it is a perfect show um and it ends on a cliffhanger and their writers said that they don't want to do a season two like they told the story they wanted to sell the tell and uh it's perfect. It's a fantastic I love that. show. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's being I mean, that's being true to yourself versus selling out like for, mm-hmm. you know, more money or whatever and then driving the story to where it's not genuine anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think there's probably like a psychological thing here that I think studios and big artistic designers are tapping into and taking advantage of is I think, you know, like a lot of people are they feel comfortable with what they know. And so that's why I feel like sequels just do so well because like, even if it's horrible, maybe the plot sucks. Some people are still just going to come right back to it because they're like, I know these characters. I know the story. I know it's probably going to end happy. So, you know, you just kind of lather, rinse, repeat those emotions you got from the first one, but like, it's not as intense, but you know, it's still something, um, which I don't know. It just is, it's a little disappointing because it's like, I feel like most people, would probably rather enjoy something new if they felt confident enough to take the risk to watch something new. And it's like, sure, you may be disappointed with something every now and then, but I don't know. They like these studios just kind of like, just keep pumping stuff out. And it's like, it's like saturating the market where it's, it's so hard to find small things that are good because all you hear about are all these big things that have been around for forever. Mm-hmm. Which, um. To speak to that, Robert, there was an anime you and I both really, really enjoyed the first season of, and the studio seemed to have rushed season two out because of the popularity and oh, completely yeah. butchered. We talked about what this a little had bit the last possibility week, to be one of the best anime series in a very long time. Attack on Titan, The Promised <laughs> Neverland. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. We, I think we brought we this t- up a little bit last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But no, I I agree with you. No, I think I haven't I haven't seen it, but it was kind of explained to me a little bit that it was just it was just rushed and it's just like just completely dropped the ball. I would have waited five years for a good sequel rather than one for the mm-hmm. absolute dump that they like. Well, I I was satisfied. Like, I'm not gonna watch season two because I like the open ended ending. Like, it's just it was it was a good story. It was like some. It's not like the best thing, but it's like. I'd say an average eight to nine out of 10 for some episodes. Yep. And mm. it has a, a solid uh, like arc and it ends with this like excitement. And you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm excited. And that's like, a, that's like a good feeling. You don't have to know what comes next to still feel good about something, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I dropped season two and forgot it ever existed. So I completely agree with you there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we did talk well, about this last week a little bit. What, what, John? It was your topic. What was your topic last week? It was the, oh, it was the uh, 
things that like becoming movies and adaptations of stuff oh, like adaptations. books because, yeah that's right. and that's why we talked about how like keeping true to source material mm-hmm. and stuff and that's what the promise neverland yes didn't okay. do a good job okay cool <laughs> um yeah also you know we've already gone this far in i was like i didn't even get to say what like i thought of the last of us but <laughs> i know Tell us. i know let's uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> come back Halfway through, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, let's bring uh, it back. Tell us what you think. Let's bring it back. Uh, so, I mean, I freaking <laughs> outsmarted Michael. <laughs> what? This fool and thinks it was an accident. So, so, I played him. <laughs> so, I did that whole thing. Uh, we went back to his house, and we were... I don't know who even played it first. I think it was him because I was. Like, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, he definitely played it, and then I ended up playing it over at his house. There were lots of games that I played at Michael's house because I had an Xbox and he had a PlayStation. Last of Us is exclusive, so to PlayStation. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna come over and play game. Like that's what we used to do all the time in high school. And so went over there, and he would like let me play it while he did some other stuff, and I was just like. I mean, there were moments that I cried for sure. I just like the world building too. And that's why the new IP thing is so relevant. You know, it's just like they built this world that uh, was heavily impacted by something that could technically be real. I mean, like it was like a fungus based thing, you know, Uh, which is why it's like zombies or not zombies type thing. Um, But the world building was done like really well. And honestly, I didn't, I was like, I was hoping that if they did do a part two, it would never have the same characters, which they did continue the story with the same characters. But I mean, I haven't played it, so. Got um, to. Absolutely got to. Yeah. Well, I guess who doesn't have a PlayStation still? You know what? Joey has a PlayStation 4 that he does not use. So, I mean, I have the game. Joey, if you're out there. Talk to me, man. Oh yeah, hook me, we, hook we, me up. <laughs> we didn't mention because Joey also died. Joey, Joey died, so he's gone. Um, but he'll be back next week probably. <laughs> but yeah, so I enjoyed it. I uh, like a lot. I definitely, I'm a crier though, so. Same I, man. I, I'm right. Yeah, I, I definitely cried. Uh. And I had closure with it, and then they did the part two thing, you know. Which I'm sure if I played that, I'd probably cry too and be like, you know what? It's okay. I understand. But it doesn't really give you a chance to cry. It just kind of rips out your heart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you know, I'm here for that too, I guess. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Do I think a second part was necessary? Uh, I mean,. They didn't I need it, back. but they but they sprinkled it on there. You know, they yeah. were like they put all the DLC for like character building, you know, for uh Ellie and all that stuff. And I mean, that was really good. The fact that they see they fleshed out that stuff like really well. They knew they they knew what they wanted and they put it out there. And that's why I just like, man, you're gonna touch like remake something that was done so well the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's what's scary. Um, I'm so interested to see what shape that takes. Like, yeah, yeah, it's super fascinating. Um, but 
Yeah. Well, All right. No, case closed. Yeah, case closed. Done. The last of yeah. us is being remade. Done. And now it's dead. We're not talking about it ever again. Yeah, you know, it's a... Uh, what game are we talking about? Final Fantasy, right? Right, Caleb? <laughs> Did you say Final Fantasy, John? <laughs> Did you say More that. Fun fact. Big uh, Final Fantasy fan. Uh... <laughs> Not wait for Final Fantasy 75. All right. Who wants to go next? Do we got someone who's eager? Uh, yeah. Either Robert or Caleb. I've got something because John actually brought up world building, and I actually wanted to talk to you guys about that. I was curious what your favorite world building experience has been. Um, and then I have That's a, a follow up question after that. Well, that's Oof. the best topic I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really thinking right now. Do yeah. do either of you have something can off the top I, of your head? Not off the top of the can head. I choose something? I, I go got I got some stuff. Cool. Um, so I think I mean mine's always gonna be anime. I'm sorry, guys. Fair. No, it doesn't have to I, be just I am, games. For those out there, I am very obsessed. Um, so I'm gonna say '90s anime did it really well. I feel like they had like a really good idea of what they thought. They, a lot of it's like future based, you know, like when two thousands hit, you know, like what how is technology gonna change because of the advancements and stuff? I feel like they really excelled with that. Even mo- like I talked to Michael about this a little bit some the other day, about how like even the nine 90s movies like Blade Runner and stuff in general just like um really had good like what they what they thought was gonna happen in the future. I mean, obviously it was like fictional. But it was just like, man, this is a possibility type thing. And then I'm going to say like movies like Akira and Neon Genesis, Evangelion and Cowboy Bebop stuff is like, it's like believable, futuristic, but also like kind of crazy off the rails type thing. And that's why I like, I feel like it just absorbed me, you know, and so that stuff's really good. That stuff always. I, I honestly, I think I'm like, man, I should go back and watch more '90s stuff because <laughs> everybody had these crazy thoughts. Uh, versus how I feel like a lot of things are similar now. Well, it's also it's so cool to see like what predictions came true and like what predictions are way off, way off, and also like what things are coming true now. It's like they thought it was going to happen in the early 2000s. Like, okay. We're here now, but other technology that they thought was going to last longer has become obsolete uh, yeah. much earlier. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. They thought like the buildings and stuff would be all the super smooth edge stuff. Kind of like, so you think about iPhones and you think about old like Mac computers and stuff. They thought everything was going to be like that. And that, I mean, that didn't happen. This is, I mean, there's modern buildings and there's modern like, and technology is going somewhere. Like it's always advancing. But mm-hmm. not to the same degree. Not like I think for a little bit now we've kind of hit a wall, but we're still trying. Yeah. No thing. flying cars. Yeah. Not not <laughs> yet. Uh, not that I've seen. Well, when um, we're still crashing the ones on the ground, I don't think we need. <laughs> we need that autopilot. God. Infinite lanes. But um, yeah. So I'd say. Like I feel like the '90s anime did that really well for me, and yeah, there you have it. For me, I'd love to talk about. We don't have to talk about it today necessarily because I think this could be its own topic. But what makes great world building? You know, 
That was going to be my follow-up question. <laughs> like, mm. good lord. Like, I feel like we could go off the rails with that. Um, but, like, you ask what our favorite, like, examples of world-building are, and immediately my, my mind goes to Star Wars. You know, I know that those movies um, have really been ridiculous and not good. Um, but you know in general those worlds that have been crafted like i believe them and i feel like when i watch those original movies and even the prequels and the clone wars and rebels and all those things like i feel like i'm i'm being taken on a trip to that world like unironically Mm. yeah Um, and i think that's because of lightsabers and how they work and the force and how some people don't understand the force or don't know it's real depending on like what era you're in in the in the timeline and um just like how their governments work and it there's so many little things that build up and make it feel like you're just you've got a uh uh, you're looking through the glass like it's through the looking glass and you're you can kind of see into that universe you know um and it's magical i love stuff like that i think lord of the rings is another example that comes to mind and harry potter Mm, yeah um then i start thinking about uh uh, Death Note. I think Death Note has really great world building um, with the Shinigami and all that stuff. And uh, I think what I come down to my favorite is um, Dead Space. Ooh. Uh, and this is so good. <laughs> that's for a lot of reasons. Dead Space has is a game, a franchise that's not gotten enough love, without a doubt. Um, commercially. Uh, critically, those games are pretty fantastic across the board, with the exception of three. Three is really good, but it's not. It doesn't compare to one and two. I don't think. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. Um, but that world building is also part of the gameplay in Dead Space. Dead Space, for those of you who don't know, is a survival horror game that came out in like uh, 2008, 2007, somewhere in there, on the uh, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, um, and. Uh, you play as an engineer aboard the um, oh shoot USS Ishimura. Yeah, two thousand eight. Caleb Isaac. He's a man. Yeah, Isaac. And uh, you find out that uh, you're you're going to see there there's a distress call coming from the USS Ishimura, and you find out that the crew has almost completely been wiped out by this. I guess you could call it like an entity or something known as the necromorphs and the necromorphs are like this disease that uh, turn the crew into zombies, but they're like horrific zombies with like blades as arms and they're terrifying and they don't have necessarily like shooting them in the head doesn't do anything. This is what I'm talking about. Like as far as the world building and gameplay mixes in, like you have to cut off their limbs to do the most damage. Um, and your life bar is uh, on your spine. It's a little blue light on your spine. And that's that factors into the suit. Your suit is an engineering suit. It's not like made for combat or anything. You can upgrade it and everything. Like it's and there's this whole religious cult that loves the necromorphs. I'm, I'm spacing on the name right now, but that's an example of a game where the HUD and the way the mechanics work in that game. I feel like when I play it, I am in space i am isaac it's it's fantastic i love dead space to death and i want more of it uh, i imagine we'll get a reboot before something like dead space 4 but unitologist caleb is just killing it over here <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so quiet 
yeah, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. I'll, I'll stop. But Dead Space um, is something I think would rarely get brought up in a world building conversation. But I think it 100% deserves to be in a, in a spot like that. And that's where I'll stop talking about Dead Space, which I could talk about forever. Caleb. Nah, it, it good. Very, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Robert, it, you've uh... mentioned this game already. Do you uh, care to guess <laughs> which game I'm going to say has excellent world building? Enlighten me. Final Fantasy X, baby! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Okay, so the reason the world building in Final Fantasy X is especially good is the main character is transported from his world uh, to one he knows absolutely nothing about, and you get to see it through his eyes as he learns everything about this world, the... Uh, the religious body that governs everything and how they use people and the hypocrisy within that. Mm. Uh, It is absolutely amazing. There are, I think there are humans and then there are like four sub races that are demonized by the religious body for whatever reason. Uh, One uses forbidden technology, uh, one just looks different. Um, one didn't get along with humans for a long time. It's they just it's done so well. You meet somebody from each of these races throughout the game, and you learn what makes them great, and also mm-hmm. that they're just people too. Uh, yeah. And one of the guys in the part, main party is a religious fanatic, and watching him. Uh, realize that there's nothing wrong with these sub races and like finally, finally, finally near the end of the game, turning his back on the church for the greater good. It's just super, super cool to watch. They build out the world really well. Um, they came up with a sport that never been thought of before. That's played in that world every year in like a big cup, like soccer. Uh, mm. I don't know if I did a great job explaining that, but the game is awesome. You should check it out. Make it past the prologue next time, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing stupid um. space sport ball, and I was like, could this be any more boring? Did they try to make this boring? <laughs> I mean, are we are we going to try to attempt to answer the second question? Well, real quick, I, I, I'm, it's interesting that you guys all picked games that involve a lot of suspense because... I think that is a really tricky emotion to like do well in, in like a game or a movie. I feel like those types of films are not as common as other genres or like in games as well. But when they're pulled off well, they are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Because like the first thing I thought of was the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones, mainly because it was just. Yeah, the, the, I think the world building is just, it feels like real characters, real anxieties, real desires, real emotions, uh, just real... Real incest. <laughs> <laughs> Fake incest. <laughs> Sorry. You're, no, Kiko, you're doing great. I no, just... Yeah, no, I think... Um, I, now I would love to transition to the what you guys think about <laughs> makes good world building because uh, I feel like there's different aspects 
for different genres that help uh, different things. Because uh, so another game that I thought of was PT, um, <laughs> which you know very minimal world building, but a game a very minimal game, but it sucks you little. in, and it was a phenomenon. And so you know, there's a game like that, but there's also a game like Skyrim, which has so much content. Uh-huh. That you have to discover on your like on your own. Um, so I don't know what yeah. what do you guys think goes into a good built world or well built right. world. The duo. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, I can start. I don't. Okay. I, can, I can get into it quick. Um, so I think I I kind of mentioned it earlier. I think it's a lot. Uh, it has to do with a lot about how those small things add up. Um, and how we can see our own world translate into a different world. Um, so like in Star Wars, like I said, they have their own government. Like that's something we can relate to, but it's different in its own ways. And we can see how they they um, uh, figure out their problems in that universe um, versus how we figure it out. And I think it's, it's relatable in a way, but it's also different enough um, where it feels like it's a different universe. You know what I mean? Um, but beyond that, I think it's not just the small stuff, but it's the potential for small things. Once you dig a, below the surface um, and you kind of dive a little bit deeper into what those things could be. So in star Wars, I think star Wars does a really great job of peaking interest into like, I think the Jawas um, in their sand crawler thing. I think it's a sand crawler. Um, uh, in the first movie, they those aren't really explained. They seem like they're merchants, um, but they also are sort of like scavengers. So mm-hmm. like that that's really interesting. It's a really interesting idea, and they're so weird, and they have their own language. So like ideas like that get people thinking. Like what what else is there to this? Like what are the Jawas? Like where did mm-hmm. they come from? Why are they are they on other planets? What are the other planets like? That's another great thing with Star Wars. I'm talking about Star Wars world building world building all day. This is a Star Wars podcast. Um <laughs> is the the planets. The planets are so distinct. Like the first time you see Hoth after watching episode four, you're just like, what in the world is yeah. this place? And then you go to Dagobah and then like it's it's just never ending like the mm-hmm. it's all so unique and they have different factions like that kind of ties into like what i was talking about the the jawas like you meet these different factions like the empire and the rebels obviously but then you have like different gangs and things like that and gang leaders and i think really great world building uh piques your interest um and has little things that uh kind of help audiences relate to those universes in that world i think that's in general that's how i would describe good world building Um, yeah so something michael just touched on was the language or different languages new languages in whatever medium you're talking about in robert and game of thrones you have dothraki which is done extremely well they legitimately made that language from scratch i forgot about that and it's completely consistent through as far as i know throughout the series at least in the books and in final fantasy 10 you have (laughs) uh, a second language spoken by uh some of the people called the albed 
and the main character goes through the game and he'll find like primers about the language where he actually you learn the language with the character as you go through the game and uh, as you go through he begins to understand when things are said in the language and you read it with him like which words you've figured out it's just really really cool and well done and you should play it and, and everyone should play that game are you kidding me yeah. uh, Final Fantasy X, how many plugs X2 does he have in here he's getting paid off platform. yeah he's, he's getting paid <laughs> for every single don't any sales that is uh, a good point you guys bring up yeah, about like languages language. that's uh-huh. i was thinking of lord of the rings yeah exactly yeah that was like yeah. a big thing when they said that and i think that's a, a thing that takes me out of the experience in a lot of other films the the thing that comes to mind immediately is all those world war ii films where all the nazis speak english and i'm like what oh, uh, <laughs> and it's like it just doesn't yeah. make any sense the realism type thing well and that's like with a Man, Michael kind of like literally said it from the beginning, like immediately what he said. He's like, it's like taking our world and like putting it into whatever story, like whatever the realm that you're trying to tell the story. So like they try, like if they didn't make it real to that time period, like obviously the Germans are going to speak German, you know, or whatever. Like if they, they take you out of that story, if they, by making them speak English, it like, you're Mm -hmm. like the realism's not there versus like, if like us going into one of the store like another realm or something like that like how real can it be like what is the reason for these things and uh just that stuff is like such a huge deal because even though it might be a fictional world are those things possible by physics like like anti-gravity stuff you know and like that's a real thing that like translates over and stuff and um just those real aspects and how they fit in the world that you that is created you know yeah um, that's the huge deal and how like can you sell that thing like you have an idea um but you really gotta think about the underlining things too like i don't know how much so if you have a tank you can't have a tank drive over like a wood bridge if the tank is too heavy type of thing you know it real world physics but i mean sometimes you can even i guess depending on the story you can even make up your own physics like yeah. if it's a whole world by itself all together but you got to be really building it from the beginning if you're going to do like you know that it's all got to be explained I think that's a tricky thing. I, I think a lot of films and games try to solve that problem with exposition, just like the character saying, oh, and you remember the war from 10 years ago when they drove the tank over that bridge and it held. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, come on. I, you know, I think good stories allow the listener, the viewer, the the player to make their own deductions. And if they mm-hmm. make the wrong deduction, it adds just enough clarification later on to where the like the person having the experience has like a an aha moment like they are the one that figured it out and they feel good about that and i think that's why you know people keep coming back to good world building because you know it's not if you lay everything in front of a person and you explain everything yeah. no one has any interest in it because it's mm-hmm. like there's nothing to explore you know 
that's like our part of our humanity is that you were searching for creativity and unique yeah. things and curiosity. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, <laughs> I, I write short stories for fun. So, uh, I talked to Michael about some of the things that I had questions about. I was like, what would, like, I told him my synopsis for a story and he was like, what, like, he started asking me questions and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's good. That like, lets me like build the world more and more because all i ever had <laughs> was like i had these two main characters that i have how they meet <laughs> and i didn't really have much other than that and then like it the thing is is just like answering those questions but also like allowing the like you said the whoever's watching reading to also like imagine that or involve themselves in that which yeah. is why the freaking jedi thing is really cool you're like well maybe we haven't tapped into certain parts of our mind mind and I can freaking force open the fridge, <laughs> you, you know, something like that. Or like, man, I could like people like real, like, you know, actually do like the freaking lightsaber, like freaking stuff, like the actions and stuff, you know, like there's like people who practice that stuff. Yeah. It's in martial the arts. Yeah. Yeah. So like they, it, it lets you take that like realism into even like you take something away from seeing that you know like you take that and you apply that to your life too like that's how good the world building is on some of that stuff so the key to good world building is to make a movie that can sell toys yeah <laughs> that's the real kicker god dang it yeah that's the whole thing all the studio execs that are listening to this all zero time, <laughs> uh that's the all message zero. they took away yeah yeah that's it <laughs> well you know actually though i feel like that's a thing that some like some big game producers and studio heads they they come up with this idea of like oh we have enough world building that we can get away with the marketing side of this whole endeavor mm. it's like people bought it i think that's where you know like sequels that's where like why sequels always for most part fail at least, I don't know, for me, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the creativity leaves and they just start explaining things and it's like, look at this cool character. You like this cool character, right? You can buy him. You can uh, buy him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you have all the, yeah, I don't know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But uh, back to the world building. Any other thoughts that you guys have on that? Um, more Star Wars, please. <laughs> um, I swear. <laughs> Not really, obviously, but I don't know. I, I think I'm most intrigued in any media I, I consume um, by consume. world building. I think world building is something that I get really, really attached to if it's done well. That's why Death Note's one of my favorite things. It's why... Um, it's why Caleb's making faces at me right now. <laughs> it's why um, Dead Space is one of my favorite things. Why I love Star Wars so much. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's all I have to say. Caleb, <laughs> go on. What in the world? <laughs> well, since this podcast is sponsored by the people in Japan at Square Enix, uh, an it's example true. where yeah, false. An example of. Uh, broken up or not so good world building would be the kingdom heart series oh where, that's a good example actually. where you have three main games which 
you'd think you'd think you could play and understand <laughs> but it's absolutely impossible um there are i believe like 13 or 14 games over six or seven platforms and one of them is a mobile game and even when you play all that there's not enough background information to figure out what the hell's going on and whenever something crazy happens in the main stories uh like Robert said earlier, they they give you just enough information in a well built world to figure it out. You've got no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's it's just done poorly. The games are entertaining; they're fun to play, but the world building is an absolute mess. Yeah, you Kingdom just gotta Hearts, fight some guys. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Like Kingdom <laughs> Hearts is like a wish fulfillment game at this point. Like the 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 world building and story is so splintered across so many different games and not just games but platforms it's like it, it's I'm, I'm glad we talked about an example of bad world building because it does exist and i think kingdom hearts is a great example of it where like you know it, kingdom hearts 3 came out and anybody who watches a commercial for that game's like why is this spiky hair man fighting with woody from toy story <laughs> <laughs> And they'd want to play it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I know why is he I... got a key? <laughs> what is that key? Why is Donald fighting with magic? He's got to open a door. <laughs> what do you mean he's not going to open a door with it? What are, what are you talking about? Hearts? I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's horrible. <laughs> they're inter- they're entertaining, but the world bi- building is so trash that it, it makes it really hard to stay engaged. And I think world building is really important if you want to keep people engaged um, with even the littlest things happening, um, at least depending on what you're trying to go for. Not necessarily, but yeah, I, I completely agree. World building Kingdom Hearts very bad. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, the first Kingdom Hearts uh, sparked my love of big shoes. And uh, <laughs> to this day, no, because size 16. The, think about it. The, the games got bad and now I wear regular size shoes. So Robert, is that up. like the same? Th- is that like the same thing? Like, like the, uh, the trick cereal, like now we all see them as like normal, like cereal balls, but they used to be fruit shaped. Is that the same thing? Whoa. They used to be fruit shaped. Yeah, dog. Are you serious? Yeah. 100%. Wait, did they change it? I didn't know they changed oh, it. Oh, yeah, they changed it. Oh, no. Oh, 100%. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Trix has horrible world building. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, you're right. It's the real world, bud. It's I called forgot. the real world, baby. <laughs> <Hey>. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, they are. Whoa. The narrative, it's there. You it's unlocked the memory, man. <laughs> Achievement. Unlocked. Well, Caleb, you're uh, the last one on this thing. What uh, What did you want to ask us? What do you do? Borat, what do you have to talk about? In Kazakhstan, we do not have a good education system. All right, you're done. I'm not All doing right, this. I'm done. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, while that Me is toad. true, um, you see America falling behind in science, mathematics, all this stuff. For the last, what, like 40, 50 years? Um, our education system is trash. And we, a big part of all, at least I feel, the socioeconomic problems that people have stem from not being well-educated in life skills as opposed to what 
impractical stuff you will never use if you do not go to college. Um, I was thinking, I know Michael's got one, uh, and I know there are a couple out there, like classes that should be added to a curriculum or required for high school students, or classes like personal finance that should be expanded upon for high school students, uh, so that America just has less problems overall. Uh, Michael, do you want to start this one? Wait, so you're asking us what question, like what classes? Like, like if you each had a class that you could mm. add to the curriculum in a high school or in our school system uh, and make it mandatory so that people had some knowledge of. I, I, I've got an answer. Um, He's got one. And it's that League guy. of Legends class. What? Esports. If League of Legends is going to be watched internationally, then we need to know how it works. Because God knows I don't. I've written about it. I don't know how League of Legends works. Um, this is why we are where we are. And in a serious note, not a serious note, uh, media literacy. I think media literacy is 100% a necessity um, for anyone um, at all, period. Um, you know, we're the the more we progress as a society, the earlier we get technology in our hands. Um, you know, I it feels like you get into third grade, second grade, you've got a phone already. You know, and kids are getting on the internet, and they understanding. Um, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. How we communicate on the internet um, is mm -hmm. so different from real life communication. Um, that it can be incredibly damaging, um, especially at a young age like that, if there is not more being done to teach kids and the general. And that's the thing is it's like so many of us are so far along now that um, we're already out of school and there, a lot of damage has already been done. But the sooner the better, you know, um, because especially with like, this worry of fake news and things like that. Like it's the, the, the trust is at an all time low and people need to understand what's uh, how these, how these things work and how these systems work and how um, communicating online works. And it's uh, we don't, <laughs> we don't at all. Um, that's essentially my, my spiel on it. Caleb wants to yeah. add something. Well, that's oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So online, you're essentially, if you're scrolling through Facebook, Twitter, whatever, if you don't know who to follow, if you don't know what to look at, if you don't know how to find, especially local news, as opposed to mainstream news, you either going to be have, you're either going to have mainstream media or just straight trash clickbait thrown at you. And a big thing going on right now is just COVID anxiety and COVID depression. And you've got the same mainstream media that is negatively over negatively covering COVID talking about how to get over COVID depression or how it's okay. There was a, it was the New York times, some statistic on their weekend briefing about how the MSM has covered COVID negatively in 83% of their articles or like 83% of coverage as opposed to 60% in the rest of the world. And when you look at local news throughout the United States, it lines up with the rest of the world. So, basically, if we could all just find stories that aren't skewed in one way or the other, uh, yeah. we would be less anxious people. 
in the world gotcha. would be a better well, place. And I don't really know. Michael and I took a college class that was media literacy. And basically what you learn is that you can't just trust one source like ever because <laughs> everybody's got an agenda. There's always a narrative that somebody's trying to sell. So literally it's just uh, the world is always like everything is going to be coming at you. You have to decide what you think is true based on your schema and your background and who you are. And I mean, that's why I think the media literacy thing makes sense a lot uh, from my perspective. Yeah. And that's just, that's the gist of it, right? Is it's, it's understanding that how we communicate on the internet is vastly different from how we communicate Mm -hmm. in real life. But it can still hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, yeah. I, I, I'm at the point now where I have family message me to ask if a site is credible, you know, or like if they should believe this. And I, I try to like help them. Like I, my mom messaged me just like yesterday or two days ago. She was like, is this real? And it was some website saying, I don't even remember what, but it was, it was clickbait. It was a lie. It was, it was like, Oh, blank and blank. Christian Bale is reportedly returning for Batman 17. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, and it's scary, but yeah, John's right. That media literacy class, it's simple stuff, you know, it's nothing too crazy. Um, I think that's why it would be not just beneficial for everyone, but, um, pretty easy to pick up if we get it in, kids face like high school yeah early, early on yeah yeah 100 percent. because it's all about like a lot of people just see one thing and just take it at face value with that one thing well guess what the word on the internet <laughs> most of the time isn't even true you can ask the uh the princess from nigeria that you see ending up in your email <laughs> and like dude it's it's crazy like the the things that we see float around the internet and so on and so forth um yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, media literacy, that's a great idea. I'd never even yeah. thought about that before. Caleb, you got a you got a class? Um, I would say Caleb, else? if I have to tell you to get close to the microphone one more time, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> Robert and John, do you guys have a class before I drop one? Um, I have one, but I mean Same, I John. Let you, um I was thinking that well, I mean, maybe this is just my choice in life right now or whatever. But, like, I think people should have at least a chance to do hands-on stuff. Like, you have woodworking and metalworking in a lot of – well, some schools. I don't even know if all of them have it. But, like, I think just life skills that could be fun or even, like, hobby stuff like that to, like, help you figure out who you are would be good. Or, like, learning how to do, like, simple household things, which, mm-hmm. I mean – there are some of those things, but it's like, oh, cooking. Well, I was like, well, yeah, cooking is definitely important, but you also have how to fix your toilet if there's a problem, how to fix any, any like normal home thing. You know, I don't know. There's so many little things like that that I feel like need to be taught or talked about. I mean, hell, there's so many things that, that this is from my experience that I, my parents thought I would just learn from being around other people my age. When really your peers are like your scariest thing. Oh yeah. When you're when you're that age, you know, you're just like so worried about what other people think. And now it's just like, Dad, you never taught me how to shave, damn it. <laughs> 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 like like here I am, I'm like twenty 
24 or whatever. I mean, obviously I shaved before that, but I was just like, yeah, how many times I like cut myself like a dumbass because I didn't know, like, <laughs> Sean, I'm right there whatever. Yeah, a hundred. Right like, but it's just like they yeah. assume that you learn these things, but you don't. And I was like, it's something. It doesn't have to be a formal thing, but like simple things that each, like, even for individuals, like, I mean, even for whatever men, women, whoever, you know, it just like it's it'd be good for like freaking learning how to take care of your house because not everybody knows how to do it. I know people who probably don't even know how to do dishes because their parents have done it or whatever their whole lives or whatever. Yeah. Well, and another point to that, John, is how many kids – I know I knew a few in high school that either were lacking one parent or both. Yeah, that's true. That didn't have them to teach them these practical skills. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. School should be helping. It, it, it should not be the parent's It shouldn't be the only thing. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, I, I don't know, in an ideal world, school covers the basics. And when you go home, that is your emotional learning. That's like your the bonds you make. You learn like social skills from your parents. You also do that in school as well. But like you learn life things and you hear stories. But when you go to school, it's like you learn how to interact with the world. That's what mm-hmm. I feel like it should be. Like, you know, I, I feel like. We live in a society that has, we all have cars. Everyone has to have a car basically to do work and live. Uh-huh. But, you know, how many of us were taught, and no one, none of us were taught how to change a tire in school. We probably had yeah. parents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? oh I, I figured it out by myself. Yeah. For the first time it ever happened to me, I was driving a friend to a concert and it was raining. And I pull out, I was like, my check air tire thing came on and I freaking pull over and it's just like, changing the freaking tire in the rain yeah <laughs> like the first time and luckily i did i did it right and everything but oh my gosh it's it's so freaking crazy just the things that are like well you know how to do that right well it's like no because you are and i think it's on both things at that point like certain things like that it's like all right you should probably like the parents need to have more part in that stuff and then also the schools probably but it's just like People assuming that you learn stuff doesn't help anybody. If anything, it cripples yeah. the pe- the kids. And the thing is, all of these things can be taught very quickly. You can learn how to change a tire in like 15 minutes. The teacher mm-hmm. takes people out to the parking lot, uses their own car, <laughs> yeah. and maybe has like kids help out. And they're like, this is how you do it. Or like jump a car, you know? I've had so uh-huh. many times where I've had to jump a car. Uh, and maybe not even my own, just someone else's. It's like... Okay, now I'm working with a different type of vehicle. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, just just stuff like that. Yeah. And then the other kind of thought that I had to it was like with the woodworking and stuff is that doing things like that might even someone might be like, "Oh, I really enjoy this." And so maybe they even want to pursue a career in something like that, you know, like college isn't necessarily the only way you can go. College is good, but people make more money like people can make a lot of money doing things that don't necessarily cost you eighty thousand dollars in debt down the road dude know? yeah like plumbers oh, make bank a hundred percent yeah so just like th- i want the next generation is to have those opportunities you know to see that you don't it's up to you it should be uh like between you your parents your financial body like how you can make your future work you know and I think kind of the school system's really bad about keep being closed off. Like, well, obviously you're going to go to college. I was like, well, what if I don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars? 
Yeah. For however much you, wherever you go. Well, also, and we're, we're forcing yeah. immature people to make really mature decisions. Like, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> you know, we're like 17, Ooh. 18, 19. And it's like, you have to make a decision that's going to influence the rest of your life, but you don't really realize it yet. Yeah. I mean, you think that moment is all that matters. Like, who you're dating then, who you're... All changes. All changes out there, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just life, man. That's what they need to learn. <laughs> My class idea was similar to what you said, John. Um, I wrote down, like, hands-on stuff, life skills, but also I would love to see people do, like, enrichment. Because I think we probably all heard of like gifted classes. And I mm. think that system is just so problematic because it, it takes a select group of students and it says, you're very special. You need to be perfect. And if you don't achieve that, you're worthless. And then on and the other hand, socially isolates those students. Exactly. And then on the other hand, it's like, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You can't achieve anything. You need to work harder. And it, it, I feel like, everyone should have the benefit of creative thinking because we know from studies that if you have high expectations for your classes and you allow students to like freely express themselves and be creative in the classroom, they perform much better than peers that don't get those opportunities. Like if you have a, a teacher that says, I think you guys are going to do great. I expect so much from you all without like putting on all the pressure of like, these are the things. And if you don't do it, you fail. It's like this, like, I believe in you mentality uh -huh. that students like actually succeed. And I, I really wish that we just had like maybe an hour a day where it's like brain games or maybe people just like learned how to have like more, uh, like, like deeper conversations or mm -hmm. read something they're actually interested in or just like do something creative drawing art and it's not like you have to do xyz it's like you are in control of what you want to do during this time here yeah. are the outlines you get to fill it in however you like and mm -hmm. that's like you know you develop like a sense of individuality which is kind of lost through mm -hmm. school like school is such like a, a cookie cutter type thing and yeah, no one fits in into that box yeah yeah I, don't know, I have a no, lot I, of opinions. <laughs> yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying. I was literally thinking whenever you brought the individuality thing, that's exactly where my mind was going. I was like, God, it like helps you figure out who you are before you go out into the world and get <laughs> pummeled by who everybody else is because that's kind of how it is. I think, uh, Robert, I think describing it as cookie cutter is perfect. You know, I, I, I think... Um, everyone learns differently, you know, and it just feels like school is like, you have to learn this way. And if you don't, then you suck, you know? Yeah. Um, I resonate hard with that. I felt like school was something that didn't really ever, the way we learn in school didn't click for me um, most of the time. Um, but then when it did click, it was like, oh, I, I, I just didn't resonate with those other things. Like, I'm not stupid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and are we ready for the last one? The last one. Oh, the last one. The Last of Us. The, the last two. of us. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Um, Full circle. Quick, if if we are, are did we all speak our piece on education? Oh, besides you. Okay. Uh, um, I, I, before we get away from media literacy, because it is something that 
is so uh, unknown and a lot of people don't understand what that is, I do want to read like a literal like Google definition of media literacy, if that's okay with you. Nice. Okay. So as defined by commonsensemedia.org, media literacy is the ability to identify different types of media and understand the messages they're sending. Um, and something else I wanted to add source? about, what was that? Is that a good source? Um, <laughs> it's a good source for Joe Miro. Yeah. Good enough for me, baby. <laughs> um, but, uh, something else I wanted to add, um, real quick because we're gonna we're gonna do you right you ready caleb you ready so not right now do me no okay um <laughs> <laughs> um end me uh i think media literacy would be really good um for holding media like news media accountable oh yeah um I, that's that's the heart of why I wanted to uh, add. It's not the heart, but that's a really important aspect of adding media literacy in in the education system. I think because all of a sudden, if people know that they can't click on certain sites or uh, understand certain or understand certain stories are going to be false just from the headline, you know, um, it encourages media to be more responsible and um, accurate. So I think that's super duper important. Okay, said my piece. Good piece, okay. good piece. Yeah. Baby claps, baby claps. Baby oh, yeah. Um, I had a couple of quick ones, and then one I wanted to expand upon. Uh, I don't think personal finance, uh, especially with how many, how much debt people end up with coming out of college, if you went, or credit card debt they end up accruing over their lives because they don't know how to manage money. Mm. Uh, it's terrible. I think personal finance, you should have to take at least four semesters of that, if not four years. Because a lot of people do not go to college, and especially if you're not going to get a high-paying job out of college or right out of high school, you need to know how to manage your money, and nobody does. Um, I don't. Go harder into a foreign language as well. Oh, yeah. Because everywhere else knows English, usually another foreign language, and then their language. And the U.S., it, we, I was only required to take two semesters of Spanish, and that didn't teach me a damn thing. Uh, especially with how diverse the country is going to be in the next 10 to 20 years, I would have loved to know Spanish and have it down pat coming out of high school and college. Um, and then last would be like a class about multiculturalism or world geography, where you talk about more of the cultures around the world. Because I took, I was required to take world geography in college is part of my core courses and I took it my sophomore year and this the te- all the teacher did she got up there and she's like hey guys these other cultures exist aren't they so cool can you believe everyone's not like us and I just remember I got angry I sat there and thought if you guys didn't already know this your parents and your teachers failed you in high school like h- how do you not know that other countries exist and other countries are extremely different. And then if you, if you go to the middle East, it's not just sand. It, it literally is. You have populated cities that are well-designed and it's so much more alike the U S than you think it is. And at the same time, it's so much different and it's really, really interesting. Uh, what do you guys think about that? 
Yeah, I think that teaching multiculturalism is a that I feel like that's that's tricky in some aspects because I, I think with anything, you know, a lot of our society in Amer- in America is uh, somewhat homogenous. Like we live in very similar communities on the local scale. And I think, you know, everyone is a little adverse to change or difference. And that's just human nature. Like if we see something different, we're a little bit hesitant to just fully accept it because we don't understand it. But I think that if people are like careful about that and they they can make like difference interesting, I think the big thing is like uh, in the United States, there's this idea that difference is bad and some people push that because it's based out of fear. And but then on the other side, there's a lot of people that push this idea of like you have to accept difference no matter what, which like people just don't respond well to that. Um, if you just tell someone to change immediately, they're not going to just hop on board most of the time. You have to mm-hmm. like, I, you know, conversations about like race and religion. Um, can be kind of dicey, um, but they don't have to be. They really don't have to be. It, it, like if you come from a place of understanding and you make it known that like if you are ignorant about something, that is okay. You know, this is a place to learn. It's not a place to be judged or uh, be persecuted or ostracized. This is a place where we can come together and leave with a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Um but like a lot of people don't have patience for that nuance. They just want to mm-hmm. get to the point because a lot of people who understand big topics well, they're just like, ah, just, you know, hurry up and get with me. Um, which I think a lot of teachers do that with all sorts of subjects. They're like, you know, just, just understand, just get it. Why don't you get it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think, know. Like, sorry. I just, yeah, like it's, I think you already said it. It's, it's not just about what, what a multiculturalism, um, class would focus on it wouldn't just be about knowing um about these other cultures it would be about understanding those cultures you know what i mean um but what you you say something you give me a look no um just something along the lines of what you said how we are adverse to difference and especially talking about it but, like, what I find so cool about other cultures, especially, or, like, for me, I love Japanese yeah. anime, video yeah. games, all that stuff, yeah. is how different <laughs> they are while at the core. Like, we're all super similar, and you were more similar to some people in a different group than you are to people in your same group or same culture. Mm-hmm. It's just a really interesting thing to think about and learn about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Everybody's cool. Everybody's <laughs> got their own literally everybody's got their own thing. Even the same people like in the same country that you grew up in the same town. Everybody's got their own thing. I mean, that's just and then I also like every when he was like Japanese culture, I was like, Hell yeah, brother. Because <laughs> I mean literally I like, too like Dragon Ball. Um but just the the fact that they're so different, but 
Like there's things that you can learn from them and like better yourself from them. You don't have to take everything from them, but like you learn about them and you learn about what what makes them unique and that's awesome. It's understanding. It's growth. I don't even know what were we even talking about. Well, I just I know we're talking about you, you brought up a really <laughs> good point there because I think that some people when learning these things, there's this idea that isn't maybe expressed, sometimes it is, that it's like you have to take in everything. When you don't really have to take in everything. It's you know, when you learn about a new idea, it's not like you just have to fully understand it or fully accept it. Mm-hmm. There's a like a, a process. You know, it's like if you are interested in anime, it's not like you have to move to Japan and <laughs> learn Japanese. Be an and, otaku. <laughs> you know, there, you can absorb little things and appreciate the culture that it came from and understand the history and and be respectful of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know. Or like even looking at like their art or like really any aspect of any other culture, you're just like, damn. My culture wouldn't think of that <laughs> instead of being like, you know, completely against it. Like you're just like some people just don't even want to talk about it. They just want to be like, you know, we're the best. We're always going to be the best. And then I was like, it's not about who's the best. It's about who is happy. And that's the kicker. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a, that's a great point because I think that, you know, I know it's said a little bit in jest, but on the more serious side, like our culture is like very focused on like this competition based lifestyle and mm-hmm. you know it i think we would be a lot more satisfied and a lot more fulfilled if it was just like really based on happiness just like what makes you happy where where can you find joy um and, and there's a lot of joy that you can find with with difference and, and new things mm-hmm. because it, acceptance it, yeah it, and just this idea of like you know, we're the best, it can, it can really mess with your mind, especially when you start to not feel like you're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I always think about, there's this clip from this movie. I don't even remember what it's called. But the guy gets asked, he's like a politician and he gets asked like, uh, what makes America the greatest or whatever. And he's on stage in front of all these people. And he's like, we're not. Or whatever. I, I mean, I just thought it was an interesting thing because I think that's um, the newsroom on HBO, John. I've seen what? Yeah. Then I don't know. I just know it was a, it was from like a movie or something. Yep. HBO um. Show. Yeah, but it was it. Uh, I just thought it like tackled something that is just like you don't have to be the best at things. You just have to like like we were just talking about. I feel like I just like regurgitated what I was saying before, but. I don't know. That that always just hits me different, you know. Oh. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Michael, what are you thinking? What's in your noggin? I'm thinking about League of Legends. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I don't know. I I, I I agree with what you guys are saying. On the whole, I don't I don't have anything. Um, I think substantial to add. Okay. So how dare you ask me? Is what I'm trying to I'm say. I'm sorry. Me out of this oh, 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 podcast oh. with my name partially incorporated into the title. <laughs> Caleb, did you have any other thoughts about it's this? Your, yeah, it's your topic, Caleb. You have anything to wrap it up, or you you want you got another hour in you? No, I'm pretty happy with the discussion you guys have had. This is uh, <laughs> it's been a long podcast. It's been good. It's been good. It's been it's wholesome. Been We're all about love here. Hell yeah! Except for Michael. Screw Michael. 
Yeah, I actually hate love. Good things yeah. are actually bad. <laughs> Everything that I said was good. <laughs> Garbage. Example, Not really. This podcast, good. That's why everyone should listen <laughs> to it. Sponsored by Square Enix. Final Fantasy X. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> right on cue. No hesitation. All right, are we ready to wrap it up? I think so. Wrap it like a Christmas present, brother. This has been the Christmas present podcast. I don't know. Robert, you're the host. You can do whatever. Uh, yes. Uh, is Christmas 212 days away? Not sure. You'll have to check and see when this episode comes out. But I want to thank you all for joining us today for the Jamiro podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Jamiro. 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 There are 243 days until Christmas. 243 oh, days until you heard Christmas. It here. Yeah, you heard it here. We'll catch you then and then in between. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jomiro. We'll see Jomiro. you on Christmas. Jomiro. Jomiro. Caleb, you have to say Jomiro. Jomiro. There it is. Jomiro.